the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Tom Moeller, and this is Colorado Issues. And if you are employed, or if you're an employer, uh, this is a, a subject that you are going to really want to listen to because we're going to be talking, among other things, about workers' comp and other things associated with the workplace. And my guest is the director of the division uh, at uh, of workers' comp, or compensation, I guess, right, Paul? That's right. Paul Tariello. Thank you, sir. Yes. So well good said. to have you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very uh, uh, glad to be here. What interested me was a press release um, mm-hmm. that uh, Governor Hickenlooper had uh, signed a workers' uh, safety bill. Now, I'm assuming, am I correct in this, that the workers' safety bill includes uh, uninsured employer act as part of it? Yes. Um, actually, uh, uh, the, the safety part of this was coincidental with the fact that this is uh, 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 Workplace Safety Month, mm-hmm. June, so uh, we're happy to bring awareness to that. But actually, uh, this bill is the Colorado Uninsured Employer uh, Workers' Compensation Act. Ah, uh, okay. So, yes. All right. So tell us on that, on that act, uh, we'll get to Workers' uh, Safety Month, I guess, yes, right. uh, in a moment. But in terms of the Uninsured Employer Act, uh, what that encompasses, what that means? Yes, um, this act uh, was born out of uh, uh, some events that happened about a year ago. Um, our uh, division is charged with ensuring that all employers comply with the requirement to carry workers' compensation in our state. And uh, we have some... Uh, had on the books some very uh, stiff uh, requirements and enforcement penalties, if you will, <clears throat> to ensure that uh, employers comply. Uh, there were some cases about a, uh, that came to light um, about a year ago, as I pointed out, that uh, had some uh, astronomically high fines hmm. as a result of not carrying workers' compensation penalties. These penalties were um, in accordance with the statute. It was on the books, and it said that uh, uh, for employers who had more than one uh, violation of this requirement, their fines were uh, to begin at $250 a day and go up to $500 a day. And uh, that meant that we had some fines in the hundreds of thousands of dollars against uh, some uh, sometimes small employers. And... Uh, uh, this attention that was growing toward the size of these fines uh, brought us back to uh, the question of maybe we should revisit uh, this this law that was passed 10 years ago. In talking to our stakeholders, uh, employers and businesses and labor groups, we realized that uh, this was not an issue we could bring in a vacuum. We had to look at the entire uh, subject of uninsured employers, and along with giving employers uh, a uh, a break, if you will, 
uh, in changing the law and allowing us to settle these fines for less than the minimum, we needed to look at, well, what is the damage that is done when these employers do not carry uh, insurance? Who are the victims? What can be done? Colorado is um, one of the minority states in our country that had no fund to or safety net for these workers if they were injured working for an employer with no insurance. Um, there is no backstop. There's nothing to step in when these folks are injured. So we decided let's put on the table um, the, the, the whole spectrum, the fines and reducing those for employers who deserve a second or third chance perhaps, and what can we do for injured workers. And uh, thus that is how uh, this proposal came to be. You know, it's interesting because as I ran across this or as the press release came across my desk, my first question is, well, wait a minute. Aren't all employers required to have workers' compensation insurance? Yes, they are, uh-huh. uh, with very few exceptions. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I won't go into the rare exceptions, but uh, for the most part, employers uh, must have it. If you have workers, uh, then uh, you are required to carry this insurance. Uh-huh. Now, uh, there's a variety of reasons why that doesn't happen. Uh, sometimes there's a breakdown of communication between the insurance agent. Sometimes a bill doesn't get paid. Um, some, a lot of times folks don't believe they need it. Mm. They think, oh, I'm just having a family member work for me part-time. That's still an employee. Um, and then there are, unfortunately, those other cases where an employer deliberately, maliciously chooses to lower their costs by breaking the law, not carrying coverage, undercutting their competitors who are operating above the law, and um, and putting their employees at risk. Ah, and so there are a variety of, of, of reasons. I'm assuming the extraordinary fines or uh, high fines, let's, mm-hmm. let's put it that way, were designed uh, to be um, uh, incentives to obey the law. That's right. Ten years ago, um, uh, the legislature changed our law. Our law prior to ten years ago <clears throat> was very, uh, I think you could say, permissive mm-hmm. in allowing second, third, fourth, fifth chances to employers. It really did not have teeth. Mm-hmm. And following an audit um, of, uh, of our program, it came to light that the law that we were handed really wasn't allowing us to enforce the way that uh, we wanted the outcomes to mm-hmm. be. So the pendulum swam, swung the other way very far. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and basically it was, if this happens to you once, we think that everyone deserves a chance. And your first fine will be between 0 and $250 per day. Your second fine will be a minimum of 250 a day. And really, our impression walking out of the Capitol 10 years ago was, the intent was to put businesses out of business if they did it twice. Mm. Uh, two strikes, you're out, mm. more or less, type of scheme. And um, we operated uh, as uh, you know the executive branch under the orders of the uh, legislature. Sure. And we faithfully tried to do what they thought. Like most things in life, not everything is black and white. Mm. And we started running across 
cases that uh, had very sympathetic um, um, circumstances, <clears throat> and uh, um, and actually, uh, as I said, it became public a few of these uh, situations, and just the sheer magnitude of these fines, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars, just uh, <clears throat> grabbed folks and uh, really <clears throat> made them question the common sense uh-huh. of this. So those fines are still in place. Huh. This proposal did not disturb that original intent. What it did, though, is it granted the division, the authority, in those extraordinary cases, the ability to look at the circumstances and more or less cut a deal, settle these cases for less than the, the floor of 250 a day. Uh, rather than putting a business out of business, look at making sure they've learned the lesson, done what they've needed to do to make sure this never happens again, punish them for um, uh, undercutting their competitors, things like that, but not putting them out of business unless they truly are a bad actor and they have to go away. But uh, you would have the the ability to determine mm-hmm. the bad actors versus the people who had an unfortunate circumstance. Right. We have that discretion, if mm-hmm. you will, and we will have that ability to examine closely before we exercise that discretion mm-hmm. in these these more severe cases. And it's your department that judges that? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a great uh, observation, Tom. Like, who, who's doing that? Uh-huh. Well, at the moment, it will be me. Uh-huh. Um, and this was a, a, a point of... Uh, Concern uh-huh. as this bill was moving through the legislature, and uh, uh, I, I like to joke about this. Uh, folks, our stakeholders who we work very closely with, they said, "Paul, we uh, we trust you, but we don't know what about the next guy. Mm. He <laughs> might not." <laughs> and I said, "Well, thank you. That's a nice way of saying <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice way of saying we got our eye on you, right? Right. <laughs> and I take that seriously. Uh-huh. Sure. But what they did is they built in a, a safety feature." This discretion has an expiration date. So in five years, um, it's going to be sunset. It's going to go away unless the legislature renews it. So if I'm not here or if I'm here and I'm doing crazy things and I'm abusing this discretion, the legislature can take a look at our history and say, you know what, we're going back to the way it was. So you are helping businesses stay in business. Uh, and at the same time, providing a safety net for people who work for a business who were injured on the job. Right. And now where does that money come from for the safety net? Yes. So in most states that have uh, these uninsured funds, it comes from a combination of two things. Uh, penalties that are issued by the division against those that break the law, such as not carrying workers' comp insurance and also assessments, assessments against either insurance companies or employers or things of that nature. Uh, We weren't looking to reinvent the wheel. We wanted to look at best practices across the country and mimic those. In talking to our stakeholders, it became very clear, however, that politically it was not going to be viable creating a fund that was going to be built on the backs of the good guys. And we completely understood that. Making an assessment against businesses that have been playing above board simply did not uh, uh, appeal to the sense of fairness Mm -hmm. of our constituents. That came out early on. 
this fund is built entirely on penalties against the bad guys. <clears throat> so whereas today those penalty revenues go into just the broad general fund, uh, tomorrow, you know, going forward with this bill in the future, those penalties will go into a fund. Now, I need to make a distinction about that. Because we're not getting as much uh, revenue, <clears throat> we do not anticipate this fund is going to be able to cover all of the costs that are associated with these injuries and these claims. I uh, like to say this is more akin to a victim's assistance fund as opposed to a perfect safety net. Mm -hmm. We're going to do what we can with this money the statute that has been passed specifies how to prioritize what money we will have and what costs should be paid first <laughs> with the understanding that this there may not be enough money. And uh, we like that. Um, we think it makes sense. Yeah, you know, th this is – you mentioned stakeholders. So mm -hmm. this sounds to me like something that – was put into effect that would help virtually all stakeholders. Yes. There's, there's no short changing that, uh, mm -hmm. at least by intent. Right. <laughs> now, there may, <laughs> no. there may be unintentional consequences you'll find out up the line. But, That's true. But uh, your stakeholders are... Yes. Oh. Yeah, so we have a broad range of stakeholders. And, uh, you know, I have to say it's rare for our division become so emphatically in front of an issue like this. And the reason for that is because our system is one in a great deal of tension. Tension between employers, workers, insurance companies, medical providers, attorneys. Our stakeholders are very actively involved in our issues, and it's rare that they are all in harmony on a solution. So it's rare for me as a regulator to insert myself and say this is the best way yeah. because it's usually uh, a matter of opinion. In this case, though, our stakeholders did coalesce and come together, and virtually all of them said this is a good idea, this is the best way to handle this problem. So we're very proud of that. It would not have passed if that were not the case. Is there any way you can take some of that magic and put it in, <laughs> oh, let's say, Washington and, <laughs> and, and, and the state government as a whole and maybe some yeah. of these other places too? Well, if, if we had such... Great stakeholders, uh, you know, that I have uh -huh. in Washington, we could. Uh -huh. Our stakeholders are, 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 are terrific. Uh, uh, to name a few, uh, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, the Colorado Competitiveness Council, uh, the, the Chambers of Commerce, AFL-CIO, um, uh, Pinnacle Insurance, the insurance industry, all of these partners and stakeholders of ours came together and, and really uh, – um, stood up for what was right. And, and, and I, I, it makes my job so much more rewarding. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm talking with Paul Tariello, who is the director of uh, the Division of Workers' Comp uh, here in the state of Colorado. For, for those of us, and I don't mean just our audience, but me too, how does workers' comp work? You know, uh, workers' compensation... Um, has been around in our state for about 102 years. And what's interesting about that, you and I talked before we came on the air, you you know it's mm -hmm. there. You, I, I guess you hope you never have yeah. to use it. Um, you hear 
ads from lawyers saying if you're injured, <laughs> you know, you got to come to us first because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a maze. Uh, and, and so then, okay, whatever that means. But then, uh, when you need it, you really need it. And it's helpful yeah. to know how it is all, how it all functions. That's right. Yes. And <clears throat> it's, uh, it's called, uh, the grand bargain. It's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, it would not work if it wasn't a compromise between the parties. Employers are um, um, uh, giving up certain rights uh, and defenses and uh, in order to have uh, uh, actually contained costs. When somebody is hurt, a lot of things can happen. And uh, uh, before workers' compensation or without workers' compensation, they can be sued. And uh, we all know that when you go to court, any number of things can happen. You can be sued not only for the medical costs, the lost wages, future wages, pain and suffering, things of that nature. <clears throat> and uh, employers said, instead of having our defenses against these claims, we'll assume liability if it happened within the course and scope of the job. But we're also going to have a set contained um, liability also. Now, employees, they gave up their right to sue. They gave up their right to be reimbursed for pain and suffering and for uncapped awards. Uh, but in turn, they get uh, to have direct access to benefits should it meet the certain criteria. So, But it all falls apart if there isn't somebody there to assume that liability, such as an insurance carrier. So the whole thing comes apart, and that's why this is so critical. Uh-huh. And so you have the employer, the employee, and the agreement. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that that agreement is um, – what's the word I'm looking for? That that agreement is hired, hardwired into the fact that you're employed. Right. I mean, it's, yes. it's, 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 it's a given. It's a given. You can't uh – you can't agree to not have it. Yeah. You can't. If you're uh, going to be employed at all. Right. If you are, um, uh, if you're a bookkeeper or a driver or a Denver Bronco, you mm-hmm. can't say, oh, I, I'm not going to use workers' compensation. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to be out of the system. Yeah. Now, of course, there are some folks that are arguably independent contractors. You're not an employee. I hired you to do just uh, some work. You don't work just for me. Mm-hmm. That arrangement is different, mm-hmm. um, and it's very case-specific. But, yes, it is hardwired into our system, and it has to be. Mm-hmm. And it can't uh, – it falls apart if we start teasing it apart and uh, not having uh, it work for everybody. So you have the employer, you have the employee, uh, but you also have the insurance company. And so it's the employer who buys that insurance? That's correct. Uh-huh. Yes, it's just like uh, auto insurance, commercial insurance. Um, there are hundreds of uh, licensed workers' comp insurers in Colorado. Pinnacle Assurance, of course, is the uh, provi- uh, insurance provider of choice by uh, as much as half of our state. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh, But any commercial insurer can, can, can do it. That's and correct. so the employer makes a decision on what insurance company he wants to deal with? They do. They uh-huh. do. Uh, if... Uh, by chance, they uh, cannot find insurance or somebody to sell it to them, then they will be guaranteed to be sold insurance uh, uh, by Pinnacle. Hmm. They are our insurer of last resort. I see. I see. As well as being the insurer of choice uh-huh. by most of our states. Okay. Yeah. And 
So if um, uh, and then this is this is oversaw uh, by you, uh, you yes. your department oversees that all of those things mm-hmm. and the decisions concerning it and the mm-hmm. mechanisms concerning it uh, take place. That's correct. In accordance with law. Yes, that's our charge, is to make sure that the Workers' Comp Act works as designed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we implement it. We put operations together. And we're proud of the fact that we've helped make uh, Colorado's system one of the best in the country. Uh, I'm happy to say that our insurance premiums for our employers are consistently among the lowest, usually uh, in the bottom 10 uh, uh, of our states in terms of cost. And our benefits uh, for injured workers are on par or better than the rest of the nation. So that's a distinction we are very happy about. We, uh, we consider that to be part of our job, mm-hmm. is to make this an efficient system for our state. And the costs, as you just pointed out, being low and, and, and so forth, uh, that's a, a function of, um, uh, of efficiency and a function of safety. Of, Absolutely, yeah. yes. Safety is the best way to keep all of these costs low. If people don't get hurt on the job in the first place, costs automatically remain low. And, again, Colorado is uh, a leader nationwide in the implementation of safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a program uh, that is a voluntary uh, 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 system, uh, the cost containment program. It allows employers who meet certain minimum criteria to become certified by a board. Upon implementing these criteria and getting certification, they are granted a discount on their uh, insurance premiums, but also, more importantly, their, their, um, the things that they implement will reduce their injuries and costs. And we've proven that over the years with uh, literally uh, hundreds of millions saved mm. since it was implemented. And the program, is that through your department? That is, yes. Uh-huh. I think if anybody's interested, they should go to our website, click on the employer links, and we have um, information on the cost containment program. Okay, cost containment program. That's right. And an opportunity, Mr. Employer, to uh, pay less premiums for your workers' comp uh, insurance, workers' That's compensation right. insurance, by tying into this program. What is your website, Paul? Uh, yes, um, it's on my card. <laughs> There's your card. Thank you. <laughs> For, uh, now, yeah. people didn't see this on the radio. You gave me your card. Now I'm right. giving it back to you. <laughs> right. Uh, www.colorado.gov uh, will take you to a link to all state agencies. Ah. The Colorado Department of Labor and Employment is um, is where you will find us. Okay. And uh, um, <laughs> I apologize for the exact links. No, that's for, uh, okay. Um, but... Uh, Definitely. And, and if you call our phone number, uh, 303-318-3700, uh, we'd be more than happy to direct anybody to uh, the appropriate folks. And I would imagine if you Googled Department of Labor <laughs> yes. or Colorado Department of Labor, uh, it'll yep. get you there, too. Absolutely. You're, <laughs> you're, you're ahead of the game, Tom. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just uh, so simple-minded that I've got to keep things as simple as can be. And, and uh, I'm very appreciative of Google. Oh, I, yeah, I think we all are. That's, I can live without it. Yeah. I, and I often chide people working for the government because the government websites are so complicated. Anyway, you got dot this and dot that and dot this, and finally you get to the... I'm afraid, so, yes... 
I, I, I think we do have a great website. Our folks that design it are very intuitive uh-huh. about what uh, our our, uh, our um, audience w- would like to have. Um, and so I leave it to the experts. <laughs> but uh, this is a this is a great program for an employer uh, and uh, and the employee. Uh, it is. Yeah. Yes. Anytime uh, uh, somebody's not getting hurt, that's the best way to go mm-hmm. about this. And that's your goal. That is uh, really our primary goal. We spend, of course, an enormous amount of time dealing with what happens after they are hurt mm-hmm. because that's where the system gets complex. So we do. We oversee all of the things that happen, the medical side, the legal side, our folks following the law the way it was intended. Mm-hmm. We have about two minutes left, Paul. Uh, give me uh, other things, services maybe, if you will, your department offers that you want to highlight? Yeah, uh, the Department of Labor and Employment um, uh, takes care of a wide range of uh, services. Unemployment insurance is our probably our biggest service. Very proud to say that Colorado is among the lowest unemployment in the nation at this time, but it's good to know that that safety net is there. We also offer, through our employment and training uh, division, numerous resources to help folks uh, uh, with vocational education and things of that nature, uh, training programs, helping employers connect with uh, uh, talent that they need. Uh, We have the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation uh, that helps folks with disabilities match up with uh, jobs. Division of Labor, which ensures that we, everybody follows the right labor laws. Oil and Public Safety, which makes uh, sure that uh, some of our more dangerous industries remain safe. And I'm probably forgetting <laughs> some, That's all right. but uh, uh, th- there is a wide range of services we have. And this, as you pointed out at the beginning of the program, uh, is uh, Workers' Safety Month. Is, right. is that the term? Yes, that's right. We want to bring awareness to uh, workers' uh, uh, workplace safety workplace month. Workplace safety. That's right. Okay. That's right. And uh, how can people find out about workplace safety? Again, uh, on our website, uh, we'll have some uh, information and... Uh, Again, our cost containment program is probably the best way uh, to uh, take advantage of uh, resources related to that. Well, Paul, thanks so much for being with us. I tell you, this is uh, this is very enlightening to me. That's one of the reasons why I love doing this program. <laughs> You're a good man. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate uh, you, you listening to, uh, to to me today. Uh, well, I appreciate your work, Paul Tariello. Director of the Division of Workers' Compensation for the State of Colorado. I'm Tom Muller. This has been Colorado Issues.